We are joined right now to talk about this weekend and other things by an MLB Network Insider, also an NHL Network Insider, also a Sirius XM MLB Network Radio contributor. I mean, what can't this guy talk about? John Paul Morosi is joining me. JPM, what's going on, my brother? How are you? Whoop, my bad. How you doing, dude? Standing, uh, greetings from the great state of Michigan, where, as you can imagine, <laughs> the entire state is ready for Sunday's game. I, I know it's going to be a challenge for the Lions, but, Jim, I've got to say, I see Detroit winning this football game. This is so awesome. Like I was going to say to you, when you and I spoke back in November, we talked about you growing up in Essexville, Michigan, about 120 miles away from Detroit. You make Ann Arbor your home, so you have deep, deep roots. So you can describe to a national audience, John, what it would mean a Super Bowl to Lions fans. Do that for me. And then, yes, even as somebody who covers baseball and hockey, I'm going to ask you to break it down. But what would it mean to the fans and the people of that region? Jim, it would be extraordinary, and to put it in some perspective, my father was born in Detroit in 1952, so he was five years old when they won the NFL championship in 1957, and before this year, they had won just one playoff game in between. And I've got a dear uncle, my Uncle Robert is a devoted Lions fan, we've talked about it throughout this season, this is a core lifetime memory for a lot of people in this state. Football means an extraordinary amount. Certainly we saw Michigan in the way that the, the, the state, or at least half of the state, rallied behind them during the course of the season. But, but, Jim, the Lions mean something special to people, and I think it's all the more significant because of all the struggles they had had. The winless season, the three-win season in Dan Campbell's first year, but it's that grit that has, of course, become the defining word for this team that resonates so much with this blue-collar state that is often overlooked. And now here are the Lions against one of the glamour franchises of the sport with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. This is the script that I think everybody has been waiting for. And certainly it's going to be a tough game on the road, but we saw in the game against the Packers, the Niners are beatable. This is a team that can be beaten. Uh, it was obviously a couple plays away from potentially the result being different for San Francisco against Green Bay. So I think the Lions for them, uh, you start with two great running backs that you can alternate, uh, whether it's a short passing game. St. Brown's had an amazing postseason run, and, of course, Goff has been just an extraordinarily effective quarterback all season long. So you've got – I know on the other side Purdy is amazing, but – uh, Jim, I, I see a path. It's certainly going to come down, I think, to the Lions' defense being able to slow down San Francisco's offense. I believe they do it. I believe the Lions win by a field goal, 27-24. John Morosi joining us. Amazing. Like I said, you and I have talked for so many years. We are good friends. You work for MLB Network. As an insider, you can break down baseball. You work for NHL Network as an insider. You can break that down. You just broke down that matchup. My man, I don't want to put you on the spot, and I've never asked you to do this before, John, but I need you to split the atom. Can you do that for me right now? I will, I will try the best that I can, Jim. What does that entail, my friend? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you could. Listen, you just returned from Cooperstown where you covered the Baseball Hall of Fame election for MLB Network. What stands out to you about the class of 2024, Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer? Well, Jim, I appreciate you asking. It was an amazing week for us at MLB Network to have all of our programming up there and Hot Stove and MLB Now. It was just it was such a pleasure to work with our crew up there. It's a special place, and we welcomed three great new members. Adrian Beltre, 
3,000 hits, one of the best all-time third basemen, two-way. He won multiple gold gloves, multiple silver sluggers. And I love Beltre's story, Jim, because I actually covered him for a season in Seattle back in 2005, and he talked about the weight of the massive contract that he signed with the Mariners at that point and how for a while the game wasn't that much fun. But then he found the joy again. And, and I think for him it was a combination of finding the joy and also building his resume through his 30s. He was not even yet an all-star player when he was 30 years old until he went to the Red Sox in 2010. So, so Jim, to me, it's, it's a great lesson for a lot of young players and a lot of aspiring ball players that it doesn't necessarily have to happen right away for you to have success and wind up in Cooperstown. And then, of course, for Joe Maurer, it's a different case because he was the number one overall pick in the MLB draft by his hometown Minnesota Twins. Not only was he the number one pick in the baseball draft, he was the top quarterback recruit to the Florida State Seminoles in Bobby Bowden for the high school class of 2001. And you've got to credit the Twins, their late scouting director, Mike Radcliffe, for having the faith and looking at their local guy. And sometimes, Jim, in in sports, we tend to, to pick apart the resumes of those that we know best. And I think it's a great credit to scouting that the Twins looked at Joe Maurer at Creighton-Durham Hall High School, St. Paul, Minnesota, and saw what he could do and not what he could not do. And they focused on that, made him the number one pick. He's the best catcher in baseball for a decade. Three batting titles, Jim, of the seven batting titles won by catchers since 1900. Joe Maurer has three of the seven. Extraordinary. And then, of course, Todd Helton, I'm so thrilled for him and his family. He gets in on the sixth time for him, a, a proud Tennessee volunteer, Peyton Manning's predecessor. Yes, predecessor as the quarterback at Tennessee. Peyton was actually, for a brief time, Todd Helton's backup. And Peyton and Archie Manning both this week, Jim, called with congratulations to, to Todd Helton for getting in. I'm really happy that the voters did not discredit Todd for having played for the Colorado Rockies, where, of course, we know that the numbers offensively can be higher there, but his overall road numbers are better than the home and road numbers of Hall of Famers like Carl Yastrzemski. So a very deserving Hall of Famer, all three of them deserving. And, of course, Jim Leland makes it in as well as the fourth member of the class. I cannot wait for induction weekend in Cooperstown this July. You know, I love what you just said about Todd Helton. I couldn't agree more. I'm very, very happy for Todd Helton. I'm glad to see him get his due. Had to wait a little bit longer than he should have, I think, but I'm glad that he's in better late than never. Hey, John, one last thing. So Jim Leland is going to get in. He was voted in last month by the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee. You covered him in your last manager or his last managerial job at the Tigers. I'm curious. He was one of the few guys to stand up to Barry Bonds, who will ever forget 1991 in spring training when they nearly came to blows. It brings up this whole discussion of whether or not alleged steroid users like Bonds or Roger Clemens will ever get in. Alex Rodriguez, John, only got 35% of the vote. Where does that leave him and other suspected users in your mind? You know, Jim, it's a great question. We were talking in in the plaque gallery during our coverage, and, and my friend Joel Sherman was sitting beside me, and after a certain amount of time, it was basically two or three hours, he said, we have not talked about A-Rod and Manny at all. And I, I, I hate to say it just from the standpoint of talking about two uh, amazing players based on their track record, but they've become almost irrelevant in, this, in the Hall of Fame conversation. 
Uh, I do not vote for them. I believe their suspensions uh, of the drug policy are disqualifying. I did vote for Bonds or for Bonds and Clemens because in their cases they were not suspended by MLB, and their transgressions happened before testing in the major leagues came into play. So I view them very, very differently. I voted for Gary Sheffield this year. I believe strongly he should be in the Hall of Fame. He got a very strong majority, but again, not up to 75%. I do not believe, Jim, that Bonds and Clemens, based on the fact that they were on the Veterans Committee ballot and they did not make it the first time there was a Veterans Committee hearing for them, I don't believe they're getting in. And based on the percentages, I am convinced that A-Rod and Manny are not getting in. So I, I do think the one positive thing, Jim, is we are moving a bit past this very controversial period of balloting to where steroids were front and center in the discussion for so long. This week and this year, it simply was not. It is a less relevant conversation now than it's been for about the last decade. JPM joining us. I love that point. Leave me with this thought for those who don't know. Who are the marquee names that will be on the ballot for the first time in 2025, John? I cannot wait for this, Jim. Ichiro Suzuki and C.C. Sabathia. Of course, a champion with the New York Yankees. Uh, What he did in back-to-back postseasons 08 and 09, I think is almost Hall of Fame worthy in and of itself. And then you have one of the best strikeout totals of his generation. So I believe C.C. is a clear choice. And Ichiro Suzuki, I covered him again. I mentioned with the Seattle Mariners for a season. And there was a long time where where people weren't sure if he was going to be able to get 3,000 hits in MLB, in addition to all that he did in Japan, well, guess what? He got there. And I just cannot wait to see, Jim, what the media presence and also the fan presence will be in Cooperstown to see the first great Japanese position player in MLB enshrined in the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. It's going to be a worldwide international great baseball story in the summer of 2025 and i cannot wait that's what energy enthusiasm and passion sound like he is an mlb network insider an nhl network insider sirius xm mlb network radio contributor and a proud michiganer because it is a huge huge weekend john great to have you on enjoy all of this weekend i know you and i'll do it again soon Jim, I appreciate our our friendship and the conversation as always. Keep up the amazing work that you do. And, yes, I hope we're breaking down a Lions Super Bowl when we next talk. Tell you what, dude, if they win, we will. If they win, we will. John Paul Morosi joining us. Great job.